Is a blog just an essay in modern clothing, or is it entirely different? Let's talk it out, shall we? Welcome to the Write Something Worthy podcast, where we teach emerging authors how to ditch the fear, confusion, and overwhelm of writing a bestseller-worthy non-fiction book. And now, your host, Tonya Brockett. Blogging has been a popular writing medium for almost 20 years now. Is it purely an essay with technological advances, or is it a different genre of writing? In this episode, I will review a bit of history to explore the difference between a blog and an essay in nonfiction writing. Greetings, worthy writers. Tanya here, and I appreciate your joining me on the Write Something Worthy podcast. A question arose for me recently about whether a blog post is a modern-day essay or whether it is something different. What do you think? Is blogging the same as writing an essay? Have you even heard of essays? (laughs) If you're a blogger, can you also call yourself an essayist? I had an initial opinion based on, you know, years of college English classes and so forth, but I decided to take a look closer to see what others were saying about the subject. First, I looked at a historical perspective. Despite my long history with computers, I was still surprised to learn that blogs, web blogs, and online diaries started in the mid mid-90s, when I was teaching businesses all over the state of Maryland how to, quote, profit from the information superhighway, or what is now the internet, right? I actually presented seminars showing people how they could dial up to the World Wide Web using Mosaic software and a modem, and that they could use this to create business opportunities. It was far out back then, right? You know, oh my gosh, wow, she's dialing into the internet right now. Well, to the World Wide Web, that's what it was then. But anyway, apparently around the same time, Justin Hall was using his personal homepage to share information about the links that he was visiting. He was considered the first blogger, at least according to HubSpot's history of blogging, I will put a link to that article in the show notes. So though they say it didn't get the name of a blog for several more years, you know, back then it was a web blog and then it got shortened to blogs. They were more focused on technology back then. And a lot of techies used those web blogs. Nowadays, you can find blog posts on anything, many topics. So unlike essays, blogs also incorporate graphics and videos and other images as a significant part of the total piece. So that was one of the major upgrades from the old days in the initial internet software back in the 90s to allow for graphics to be integrated and incorporated on the sites. So 
we went from, you know, like Mosaic to Netscape to Internet Explorer. It was all crazy. And it was like, oh, novel and new back then, right? But anyway, we were on dial-up, but and it took forever to download a page. But hey, if you have to wait anyway, you may as well get some graphics to go with it, right? So some of the uh, now, you know, move forward 20 years, some of the top or highest paid blog sites uh, that I found, according to many lists that were online right now, they include Ariana Huffington's Half Post, Peter Rojas, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, his uh, Engadget and Gizmodo sites, Brian Clark's Copy Blogger, and Perez Hilton, the uh, celebrity site. So they range in topics now, the blogs do. It's not just technology. It's not just links of where I'm going and what I'm finding on the World Wide Web. They include life, entertainment, politics, to gaming and gear, to content marketing advice, to celebrity gossip. It's amazing how much money these blog sites are able to generate from the written word. I doubt that most essayists in the past century were able to reach double-digit millions in such a short amount of time with their writing, even if they included the books that they were also writing. Now, mind you, that's a big generalization, I know. And, you know, quite frankly, there are a ton of bloggers that don't make anywhere near that much either. Um, you know, but there are bound to be high earners in any category, you know, in, in some uh, book circles. Now you have the billion dollar authors, right, where you didn't have that before. Now, let's look at um, essays. You know, I used to believe that when nonfiction writers wrote opinion pieces or they wrote about their experiences or questions about something, they were called essays. Right? They seem to be the longer, thoughtful writing that look deeply into an issue and experience to either find greater depth or share insights or what have you. Is, you know, what's your perception of an essay? It, it could be, quite frankly, the essay that you had to write in school. I don't know. I'm not talking about that when it comes to what nonfiction writers are producing for the public, but that is the basis of where we learn about our essays, right? The uh, There's an article in the New Yorker that says that Frenchman Michael de Montaigne was the first one to introduce the essay back in the 1500s. I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. It was his attempt to put, you know, his thoughts into writing, and currently we tend to put essays into four categories, at least for, you know, academia. The expository essay, the descriptive essay, the narrative essay, and the argumentative essay. And they tend to take the five-paragraph form of, you know, having an introduction, you have three body paragraphs, and then you have a conclusion paragraph, right? And, you know, your teachers taught you how to do that when you were in school. Um, you had to state your thesis, you know, in your intro paragraph, and then you had to support it in the body paragraphs, right? 
You certainly, though, don't see that in a typical blog post, right? It's just not as common to see writing presented in that way. But essays are expected to be more academic or more um, literature-based, more focused on language, um, and have a certain writing style. Now, there are several publications that are associated with the longer writings of essays. You can find essays in The New Yorker, The Boston Globe, The Guardian, The Sun, and Vox. Many publications will list their submission requirements and their pay ranges. So if you're a nonfiction essayist and, well, a nonfiction writer and you want to write essays, you can submit your writing to publications and be paid for it. So keep that in mind. So if if you're interested in writing essays, I'd say look into the ones that I mentioned, but also you'll find many others that you can access and just look at their submission requirements. What do they require in terms of word count and what do they require or what do they pay in terms of payment to the author when an article, an essay is accepted or published. Now I found when you look up essayists, you know, who who are the historical figures that come up? Who are the people who whose names pop up? And, you know, I knew I'd see people like James Baldwin and Joan Didion and George Orwell and Angela Davis, Nikki Giovanni, many others. Now, these essayists most often have work that spreads many genres. So many of them were poets, playwrights, novelists, journalists, and and more. So they earned a reputation as one to listen to for their insight oftentimes, or they were people who had something to say and a message to share that they deemed and felt important and they put a lot of thought and um, they really had thought-provoking perspectives about those cultural issues or society in general or political stances or personal experiences and tons more, right? Issues of the day, you would often find um, very thoughtful essays written about those. They were well-structured, well-researched, and well-written. Many of those essays are often, you know, when someone is a prolific writer, they often collect those essays and publish them in a book, much like a fiction writer might have. You know, a fiction writer might write short stories and publish them in different magazines, you know, throughout their working writing life, and then gather those stories that they've written and published and put them into a book. So it's kind of like an anthology or a collection of short stories. You know, like the old days with Flannery O'Connor. I remember one of my English classes at the University of Virginia where we studied Southern fiction writers and Flannery O'Connor was one of them and we had a collection of her short stories. She was also an essayist, by the way. In looking at the modern day blog and the nonfiction essay, I think 
what we find is that they are indeed not the same. It's not the same kind of work. It's not the same genre of writing. You know, blogs emerged from online journals that were much more casual, more personal, and often, you know, quite frankly, not deeply sourced. And after breaking away from being, you know, real tech-focused and tech-based, many of these blogs, to be honest, are just, are often ramblings of insecure minds and queries about issues of concern or divulsions of personal secrets or explorations of personality or even product-related comparisons or reviews. I mean, really, blogs are about just about anything. Some are incoherent rants, and others are well-thought-out writings. What are your blog posts like? Where do you tend to stand in how you present your content and blog format? I, you know, I have to admit that mine have tended to be informative pieces about some aspect of publishing or self-development or personal development. But it doesn't mean that they're all thoughtful and exploratory, right? Some of them are my opinions about something and simply my perspective on some aspect of publishing or getting a book written or enjoying writing more or what have you. Some are a little more playful than others. But Without going back and reading all of my past blog posts, I would guess that most would not qualify as an essay. So, I mean, even though I try to pay attention to my writing, the reality is, you know, an essay is a, is a deeper piece than I see most blog posts being, quite frankly. And certainly from a, a structure perspective, they don't tend to be um, in line with that. So, you know, my view right now is that essays are usually longer, more thoughtful works that explore topics in a more literary way. You know, many of which these essays are still published in magazines and newspapers, both in print and online now. And their length, will the word count, will depend on the publication in which they might appear, but, you know, they could be, they could be as short as 500, but there could be as many as 1,500 words or more. It just depends on the publication and the space that it has available for taking in such essays. Whereas blog posts now are more frequently written in sound bites, uh, 500 or 800 words, right? They, they're scannable with frequent subheadings and they basically appear online, right? Hence, the web log. Remember, web log at the blog. So, there is distinctly a difference between essays and blogs. But writers can benefit from knowing how to blog to support their books, their speaking, their media appearances, and other endeavors. They can also use an essay as long-form writing that requires sourcing and fact-checking and being more reflective and exploratory pieces that allow an author to question or to express, to ponder, and conclude based on their own opinions and experiences. Now, can essays be used as blog posts? 
could they become interchangeable if someone is willing to forego, you know, the length restrictions, for example? Or could they break them up into a series of blog posts that would be more palatable to the blog reader? Another question that I thought of, though, is are the tiny books of today, I mean, it is really popular to have books that have less than 20,000 words, and some even smaller, I mean, really small. Some are, you know, 5,000 words or less. So are tiny books of today like essays of the past, or could they be? Could short one-topic books be an exploratory essay? You know, tiny books are often one problem, one solution approaches to writing. So, you know, an author could express one story that shows something about what they were able to overcome to help others to do the same. And or they could express an opinion about such experience in an exploratory essay or what have you. And or a descriptive essay, quite frankly. And could you print that? or publish that in a tiny book. So, if you're an essayist, could you also become a published author through publishing your essay as a tiny book rather than just an essay in a magazine or other publication? Hmm. Could be another opportunity. Something for us to think about. I'd like to open this up for discussion. If there are any essayists out there who want to come and shed their light, I welcome your conversation. Same for writers, you know, who are bloggers. Let's talk about it. I want to know whether or not you are willing to publish your work in different forms um, based on either the kind of writing you do or the length of writing you're doing or what have you. Let's talk about it. And note... You know, you can meet writers of all types when you are in a writing community. Like the one I mentioned in episode 62 of the Write Something Worthy podcast, I talked about how I joined and I really spoke deeply and highly of the Prolific Writers Life community. There you're going to find writers of all types, writers that are writing all different kinds of things, and it's a wonderful way to explore, you know, different options. So you can find them, again, at prolificwriters.life. That's where you find them, prolificwriters.life. I'll have a link in the show notes as well. Okay. It is time again for our Abundant Author Affirmation. Write it down if it resonates with you. Post it wherever you'll see it and say it throughout your day to keep your heart happy and your subconscious mind aware of it. I write in ways that enrich my experience and that of my reader. I write in ways that enrich my experience and that of my reader. And with that, we are complete. Thanks so much for being here today. Remember that what form your writing takes depends on, you know, what you want to accomplish. If you want to explore a topic deeply and perhaps take a position on it or inform others about it, perhaps an essay is appropriate. 
if you want to write frequent pithy pieces that add value on a regular basis for your online platform, blogging may be the way to go. Either way, enjoy the journey and be sure to write something worthy. All right, let me know your thoughts. And if you have a favorite blogger or essayist, I'd love to hear from you. Send a note to me at podcast at writesomethingworthy.com. All right, have a great day. Bye now. You've been listening to the Write Something Worthy podcast with Tonya Brockett. If you'd like to know more about today's topic, find show notes, relevant links, and more at writesomethingworthy.com. Have a question or something to add to the conversation? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at writesomethingworthy.com. Please take a moment to leave an honest review on your favorite podcast platform. These reviews help us to improve our show and help us to spread the word. If you know anyone who would enjoy these episodes, please share it with them. Have a wonderful week and we hope you join us next Wednesday for another fabulous episode. 